Well, if you need to, you can turn to Matthew 6. We've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount since we're learning to, we're memorizing it, trying to memorize it as a church. And um, last week we started looking at Thy Will Be Done. And I just found my own heart so moved by that phrase in a different way from the ways that I have looked at um, the Lord's Prayer before. And so today we're doing Thy Will Be Done Part 2. We're looking at the section in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount where he gives us a pattern for prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And today we're going to look at more at where he said, pray, when you pray, pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the Sermon on the Mount, remember that Jesus is confronting the false religious system of the Pharisees and scribes. Their praying was basically self-centered, and it was for the purpose of showing other people how pious they were. And so private prayer was meaningless to scribes and Pharisees. They prayed so that people would see them and hear them and think that they were wonderfully religious people. So one of the things that Jesus is teaching us in this model prayer is that our prayers should be God-centered. So we see him say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So the death of self is at the heart of a genuine, victorious Christian life. And the essence of that is when I choose to live God's way instead of my way. A lot of the revolt and the turmoil we're seeing in the world today is that tension over people not wanting to do God's way, wanting to do our way, thinking that our way is better. And so what we're seeing here is that my true prayer begins when I first of all die to my own will, my own desire, and bow to God's will. So when he first said, pray, thy kingdom come, that's what he was saying. He said, you can experience my kingdom on earth if you'll live according to my kingdom rules. If you will obey me, if you will let me be the king, then you will begin to establish and you will begin to experience what it is to live in the kingdom. We are kingdom people. And that kingdom needs to be united. It needs to be whole. It needs to be a kingdom, a group of people, the church throughout the world that makes a statement. And so many of our, so many of our statements need to be made by our behavior and not by our shouting. So he's saying that. And so this model prayer is dominated by God's name and his holiness and his kingdom. So when we begin looking at thy will be done, we agreed that God is sovereign and how our prayer lives fit into that is a mystery. So we know that God is sovereign. We know that God is in ultimate control, and yet he says pray. Now, that's something we'll never understand, and we're not going to spend time trying to. He said, your way, my ways are greater than your ways, and my thoughts are greater than your thoughts, and we just need to go, yep, and leave it at that. Because in spite of what whatever the mystery is, whatever we cannot explain, that's what he says. And so he says, yes, I'm sovereign, but sovereign, but I need, I want to hear you pray. You ask me. 
And so God says we are to pray and we are to be persistent with it. You know, I had a precious, precious woman um, who was a real great mentor to me many years ago tell me one time, she said, if you, need, if you ask God for something one time, you don't need to ask him again if you believe he's going to do it. Well, through the years of studying, I found out that ain't right. I want you to turn with me for just a minute to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. Because he calls us to be persistent in prayer. Now, understand this is what we talked about last week when we said thy will be done is not to be some kind of giving up or gray acceptance uh, because God's going to do what he's going to do anyway. So I'll just say thy will be done and just go on. That's what I'm supposed to do. But my heart does not receive that, has it? My heart is not bowed to that. My heart is not involved in that when I just say, okay. So it's not that we have no choices. Now, this is a parable. And notice verse 1 in Luke chapter 18. Jesus is speaking. And he says, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. So get that in your mind because I want you to see now what the parable is. So what's Jesus saying to show us that we ought to pray at all times and not lose heart? Verse 2. Jesus says, there was a, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. And for a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, even though I do not respect God, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, lest by continually coming she wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now shall not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, I don't think this is simply saying you can wear God out and wear him down by asking him for the same thing that long, okay? But he does say, I'm telling you this parable so that you will know to keep praying. Now, in keeping praying, then we're going to continue to bow before him. We're going to continue to open our hearts to him. And he's just saying, you know, you don't weary in praying. What is that going to make us do? It's going to make us keep our focus on him. It's going to keep us bowed before him. It's going to make us keep our focus on him so if an unjudge unjust judge will give justice to a badgering woman he says what will a just loving caring righteous father give if we are persistent so what's he saying he's saying your prayer life it, it needs to be a lifestyle it doesn't need to be something that you do from time to time when you've got a problem or when you need want to get something you're not getting. It is a relationship. And remember that we said this Lord's Prayer is really something 
we put on. It is a part of who we are. So we're going to put on our Father who art in heaven. We're going to celebrate in the fact that he is our gracious, loving, redeeming Father. Hallowed be thy name. We're going to live in the holiness of his name. Thy kingdom come. I'm going to bow to his kingship. I'm going to participate in his reign by obeying his rules and his commands. Now, what else I want you to see in this parable is that this woman refused to accept an unjust situation. Let me ask you a question. Do we have unjust situations going on in our world today? Now, here Jesus gives this illustration of a woman who would not accept an unjust situation. And she did the most powerful, important thing that she could have done. What did she do? She continued to hold it before the Lord. She continued to pray. She continued to be persistent with it. So she wouldn't accept it. And so she continued to pursue God with her case. She persisted in her prayer. So now when we consider this part of the model prayer where we say, Thy will be done. Think about this. As kingdom people, we have a right to refuse to accept certain situations in the world. Are you thinking about that? As kingdom people, we have a right to refuse to accept certain situations in the world. Because he said, pray what? Thy kingdom come here now. Thy will be done here now. And so we can refuse to accept these situations in the world. And we can pray persistently that God would do them the way they ought to be done. And so many of these situations we know we don't really have any power over. We may not have any influence over. But let me tell you what. God is waiting for his people to pray. We quote Second Chronicles 7.14 a lot. God says what? If my people, kingdom people. If my people, if my kingdom people who are called by my name will do not just two things, gang. We want to say, if he says, if my people who are called my name will humble themselves and pray, and we stop there. The verse doesn't stop there. There are four things. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and ooh, turn from their wicked ways. Do you think there are wicked ways in kingdom people? Shake your head, yes. So where's it going to start? It's gonna, the revival is going to start in the house of God, in the kingdom. Not in a certain church, not in a congregation, but in the kingdom of God. And so when we pray, thy will be done that is persistently dealing with all of the things that are going on in the world that are not God's will. Now you have to think about that because so many times when we pray, thy will be done, then we assume if 14 people die, it just must be God's will. Well, when you look at the character of God, that's not so. That doesn't line up with the character of God. 
it is praying against, when we pray, thy will be done, it is praying against the agendas and the schemes and the movements that are at odds with the will of God. All that is going on in the world is not God's will. I'm going to say it again. All that is going on in the world is not God's will. So what is Jesus saying to kingdom people? You pray, thy will be done. Now, we hear of a family that breaks up. We hear of an 18-month-old wandering in the street. We hear a person dies of a drug overdose. We hear that a church collapses. We hear a person who claims the name of Christ is living in sin. And we, you know, we sometimes we go around and say, well, it's just God's will. No, it's not. It is not God's will. It is not God's will. And so here comes Jesus saying, what are we supposed to do? You pray, thy will be done. You bring the name and the power and the authority of God as kingdom people into that situation for God to stop it and change it to be God's will. That is the way we rebel against the evil in the world by persistent prayer. By persistent prayer. We are going to constantly pray, thy will be done. So we're going to pray that Satan's power in the world will be thwarted. That God will seal him off. That he will disempower him. We're going to pray that God's will will be done in the hearts of men and women. That Christ will not be rejected. Look, Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Well, it's easy to say, well, God's just not going to save everybody. We got the election going on around, the doctrine of election going on around here. We don't understand all that. Just do what he says do. He says, it is not my will that any should perish. So when you pray, thy will be done in, a, in an evangelism situation, you're praying for God's will. It is his will because he came to seek and to save the lost, and he's not willing that any should perish. Is it God's will for all men to be saved? Scripture says yes. Why did he give us freedom of choice? I don't have a clue. You can ask him when he gets to heaven. We'll have a whole lot better mind to deal with it then than we've got now. But that's when we pray, thy will be done, all of that is going on in the, in the world, in, in the spiritual war, warfare. We need to pray that believers will not be disobedient. How many people do you know today who are believers in Christ, who name the name of Christ, who have a testimony of salvation, but who are living in sin? So what are we going to pray? Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be be done so we can look at this parable and see that we're not just to passively accept everything the way it is he's given us a command he's given us a, an authority of using his name to pray into these situations the classic illustration of this is in John chapter 2 you will recognize it without our reading it Jesus walked into the temple and found some people 
selling sheep and selling oxen and selling doves and money changers, and they were making the Father's house a house of merchandise. Well, Jesus didn't just walk in and look at it and say, oh, well, it must be God's will. What did he do? Turned over the daggum tables. Why? Because it was not the Father's will. It was not the Father's will. And so he was righteously angry, and he flipped over the tables, and he chased people out. Because why? He was intolerant of the sin. And so he says, when you pray, you pray this way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus didn't accept the, the world the way the world was. And as we're going into our study of uh, Genesis with the pastor, we're going to see what the fall of man really caused. It's not, oh, they fell, no, we're all sinners. We got to see the destruction that sin brings to the world. And so Jesus didn't accept that destruction because what did he do? With the fall came the sick and the afflicted and the wounded and the poor and did Jesus accept that? What did he do? He came into the world to heal the sick and to raise the dead. So see, Jesus knew the end from the beginning, but he never accepted the status quo. It was a day-to-day -day involvement in what was going on. So... When we become comfortable and accepting of the status quo, you know what it does? It affects our prayer lives. When we just start, when we just say, oh yeah, there are so many people doing that. And we just accept it, then we don't pray passionate prayers to the Lord to say, will you stop this? Will you enter into this situation and bring your will to pass in this situation? God chooses his methods. We don't know. Sometimes we and our prayers are a part of that method because he has said what? I wait for you to pray and to pray the right way. And there are lots of scriptures on how to pray the right way. So... You know what happens when we don't pray, when we don't pray and we just lay it down, when we don't pray, we strike a truce with things as they are. We look at things that they are and just say, well, that's the way it's going to be till Jesus comes. And so we're saying, by not praying, we're saying, that's okay, I accept that. Is that really what we want to do? Is that really our hearts in it? Prayer is a kind of warfare. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man or person availeth much. Effectual, fervent. It's just like, oh Lord, bless today. Lord, I want to see your arrows, the arrows of the Holy Spirit, 
pierced into this certain situation that you've put on my heart. So we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a huge thought for me. I go back to that thought so many times. If you want to know what God's will looks like in action, look at what heaven is like. So let me say, you know, if we're comfortable with the world, let me ask you a question. Is the world like heaven? No. He says, you're going to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we can look at heaven and see that God doesn't want sickness, that God doesn't want death, that God doesn't want nursing homes, that God doesn't want drugs, that God doesn't want... You can look at heaven and see what God's will looks like when it's in action. So when you are looking at a situation to see how to pray, you can look at heaven and say, well, if this situation were in heaven, what would it look like? Then you know how to pray. When we pray, thy will be done on earth, we are recognizing that God's will is not always done on earth. But he's given us the job as kingdom people to pray that it will be. He said, pray, hallowed be thy name. Well, is God's name always hallowed? No. So God's will is not always done on earth. His name is not always hallowed. And so when we pray thy kingdom come because his reign is rejected, we see people every day rejecting the rule of Christ. So what's he say? Pray, pray thy kingdom come. So that we, his people, as a result of his command, are going to pray God into that situation. We are his conduit, his weapon against the evil in the world. And so all this business about where we just sit around and just think, yeah, yeah, Jesus, this, it ain't working. And so this is the call on our lives. And so we look and see that everything on earth is not God's will. And there are a whole lot of people who will tell you they'll walk into a very heartbreaking situation in your life and they will say, well, honey, it's just God's will. Well, is that the way it is in heaven? No. Then is it God's will? It is a result of the fall. Why does God allow it? I don't have a clue. But he does. But he says, as my people, you have a way beyond this. You have a way to be victorious in this. Even if it doesn't end the way you wanted it to end. Disasters, floods, earthquakes. Do those things go on in heaven? No. So it's a part of God's exchange with the sin in the world. But he's given kingdom people a way. To tone it down. To change it sometimes. The Bible says, 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not willing that any should perish. So if somebody is perishing in their sin, that is not God's will. And you can pray against it by praying, thy will be done.
God's will is done in heaven, but it isn't always done on earth. Does God have to allow it? Yes. Does God allow all of this destruction and all of this sin? Yes. He allows it, but listen to me. It is not an expression of his will. An expression of his will is seen in heaven. He allows it because of the fall. Because of the way he is interacting with the world, with the earth, for all of these years as a result of the fall. But it is not an expression of his will. His will was what? His will that Adam and Eve was that Adam and Eve would obey him and not eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. See, they already knew good. So he said, don't eat of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You already know good. And so when they ate of the tree, what did they get to know? Evil. There it went. There it went. It is not God's will that people die. It is not God's will that people be sick. It is not God's will that all of this horrible stuff is going on in the world. It is not God's desire that people go to hell. He died to keep people from going to hell. That's why he died. So nobody has to go. So what are we going to do? He says, what's our job? You pray, thy will be done. God is sovereign. Man has a choice. It is a paradox that we cannot explain. But that's the way it is. Our minds cannot comprehend it. The day will come when he will explain it to us. Remember, one of the heartbreaking passages to me in Scripture is um, Luke 13, 34, where Jesus prayed. He, he, well, he wasn't praying. He, he was looking over Jerusalem. You remember what he did? He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I want to gather you as a mother hen would gather her chicks, but you won't. So we have a choice. All things that are going on in the world are not the expression of God's will. You got that part? All things that are going on in the world that are not the expression of God's will. Sin is not God's will, but he tolerates it. I don't know why. You can ask him when you see. We do not accept things as they are. We are not to just sit around and wait for Jesus to come. We're not to do that. We pray thy will be done. And when we do that, that is rebellion against the sin and the sorrow and the fallenness of the world. That's our way. That's our godly way of rebelling against what's going on in the world is to pray thy will be done. And if his will is done, then there's going to be heaven on earth. In reality, it's not going to happen because people are not going to choose. They're not going to make that choice. But you know what? Do you ever get tired of the flesh and physical ailments and anxiety 
and hurt and the mess that's going on in the world. Do you ever just get tired of it? Are y'all alive out there? Just warn. Just warn with what's going on. Do you ever long for heaven? Does your heart long for the the peace and the joy and the fellowship, just the absence of sin. I don't know how you even imagine it. But the absence of sin, just longing for God's rule and reign. So God, in this model prayer, we're going to pray, let me experience your reign and your will on earth. And when that happens, then we will have a taste of what heaven is like. God's will is already done in heaven. The angels do his will. It's an interesting thing to look. We got to quit. It's an interesting thing to look and say, well, how do the angels do his will? Yeah, we can't take out a, a, a side trip here on the angels, but just think about this with me for a minute because you all know verses that have to do with this. How do angels do his will? First thing I wrote down was without wavering. They never stand around and discuss whether they're going to do it or not, do they? You see any record of that in Scripture? Mm-mm. God says go, the angels <laughs> Go. And another interesting picture is, is that they do it completely. They don't leave anything out. They do it to every detail that God wants done. So without wavering and without detail, but I love it, the pictures that you have in Scripture, sometimes where they're just standing there waiting for him to give them something to do. They're eager, and they're willing, and they're sincere, and they're just standing there waiting for a command so that they can do it without wavering and do it completely and come back and tell him that it's done. That's the way we do God's will. That's our calling. That's the calling of the kingdom in earth. That is what will change the world. Yes. That is how our prayers exactly tell us. Wait and make me better and better at hearing what you're saying to me. That's what I worry about. Is I for, I'm afraid I'll miss what he said. Or did you ever think you had something you say, Lord, how do I know if this is you or not? But as we grow in him and as we dive deeper into him, into his word, we get to where we know. So just know that true prayer is dominated by God's name and his kingdom and his will. Those three things. That's what's in the model prayer. His name, his kingdom, and his will. See, prayer, according to what Jesus says, prayer will make a difference in our circumstances. But let me take you one step further. Prayer also makes a difference in us in our attitudes, in our perspectives, and in our mindsets. So it's a calling. And next week we'll look at, give us this day, our daily bread. Questions or comments?
Let's pray. Father, would you put in our hearts what you want us to understand in a way that we will understand it. And then show us what you are waiting for us to do. And let us do your will without wavering. Do it completely. Do it eagerly. With our eyes on you waiting for the next thing. And in the meantime, we hallow your name. And we do ask that your kingdom will come. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Lord bless you. See you next week.